Hello. How are you? Oh my gosh. Thank you for asking. I'm really good. Um, I'm having a lot of things that are working in my favor in my life right now. So I'm oh very, very happy. I love that for um, you. You deserve all the favors. Thank you. I feel like I've been walking. Not walking. I walking feel like I have sunshine. been. sunshine. No. I feel like I have. <laughs> Sorry. What? I feel like I have been climbing the depths of the seven layers of the rings of Dante's hell for the past seven months. And finally, like, I'm at the top. I could see at the far end, across the street, there's the sun and it's rising above. And That's I see a little time. glance, a little petal, a little bud blooming on the tree cool uh, so, <laughs> so that's how i how are you doing i'm i'm also doing okay i think um it is springtime which means my general overall disposition does shift from depression to mania so oh my god same we're going to ride it out see how it is there's a reason my like soul symbol is like an anchor in a ship like all right um we're gonna we're gonna see how it goes there's a lot of i also have a lot of things happening but stuff that i can't really talk about just yet yeah exactly me too like i can't really talk about it just yet but we have a lot of good things happening we'll just have to talk off air exactly (laughs) to all of you maybe maybe (laughs) you don't get to come in on the joke maybe on the b-side oh my god maybe on, which is on our Patreon. Um, speaking of beside, do you know who is going to be beside me? <gasps> in oh my gosh! A half hour or so. <laughs> wait, wait. Who? It's the one, the only Luna. <gasps> An angel! I'm so excited to have Luna on our show today. She's going to be with Max. In person, in the flesh. Yes, right here. COVID-friendly. Don't worry. We've both been tested. She's vaccinated. Yeah, she is vaccinated. Oh, good. Very good. I'm not vaccinated yet because I'm non-essential. But I am not COVID positive as of yesterday morning. So Excellent. I mean, I was going to crack a joke about how you were not essential, but like I kept my I know. I cut you off because I already hear all the jokes. (laughs) I make them to myself. <laughs> I didn't have to say anything. <laughs> but yeah, Luna is a really old friend of mine. Um, we go way back. Yeah, when I first moved to New York, little 18-year-old me, and I met Luna um, at my survival job. She came in one day, tried it out, didn't like it. It's all right. I didn't like it either, but I stuck around because I needed that money. But what I did get out of her one day on the job was getting to be a part of this cool artistic community that she was a part of in New York. And we, you know, we performed improv comedy together. We performed like some, some stand-up stuff together, some spoken word stuff. Um, we, she hired me as like an assistant director when she, for a couple of projects she produced, she'll tell us all about it, I'm sure. But we started making art together basically. Um, and then she, our life paths sort of split apart for a little bit. And we've always been on each other's radar, like peripherally, peripheral orbit on the outskirts. I don't know what I'm trying to say, but um, we just come together every now and then and talk about art and life and love and 
um, I'm really hope to do that with all of you guys here as well now present. So, where did you go? Where did you go? I miss you so. Oh, did you it just works now. Were I just talking to myself? Typical. <laughs> I don't know. It said that you weren't connected on my end. You, I didn't notice, but your bar definitely disappeared. Um, and I've been talking this whole time. I thought you were just being really polite and quiet. <laughs> Let's just say I was. Cool. And well. you're an amazing person, and I love when you talk <laughs> about stuff. That's so funny um, because I started singing into my microphone. Hello. Wow, I'm sorry. Where we did didn't, you go? We didn't get any of that. But Seems like it's been forever. Now that you're back, let's Seems go ahead been gone. and chat with Luna. <gasps> Everyone, please welcome <laughs> Luna! I opened the computer to write. I sat with my fingers on the keys and asked myself to write as if this process is automatic. Insert a coin, read, intention, and get a toy, read, poem. This body is a vending machine. The mind is the mechanism. I'm jamming it with coins. Insert memory, turn the latch. Insert emotion, turn again, 50 cents. Receive a poem. Poem is warm-up, poem is swan song, poem is reflection, poem is recollection, poem is function of intention. On Pacific Daylight swore I'd never write poetry about poems I've betrayed myself, which is not altogether uncommon. It was just a matter of time is something I say every so often. I excuse these transgressions, but I rarely forgive myself in the process. Here it comes. The poem. The memory. The emotion. The function. The flashback. Trembling in a chair that knows my body well, recalling those hands, many hands that I've struggled to forget so I won't have to bother with forgiveness of urgent fingers or of an inconvenient silence. It happened again, I was asked to remember them, on command, like writing a poem, the words impact with little impetus. Back in bed, names of faces and hands return, I'm 18, now I'm 21, come to in a therapist's office, now I'm 27. It's called processing, it's called thinking, then speaking, then writing. Now it's a poem, the trauma is a poem, the tragedy is a poem, the words transcend tense, embodying energy of those moments physically beyond, but just a thought away, within reach. I started to cry, stopping myself as it was happening. Hands may try to claim me, but these words are mine. The poems are mine. When I can't forget, I write. I write. I. Hello. Hello. Welcome to the Max and Skittle Power Hour. How are you feeling? Thank you so much for having me. I'm feeling good today. How are y'all? I am feeling groovy. Hell yeah, love to hear <laughs> it, Max. Yeah, I'm, I'm also feeling pretty groovy. Um, yeah, I was watching a lot of uh, Carol Burnett show earlier, which I know was like the 60s, but it still had like that like groovy side of kind of the bright colors, the mod clothes, Ooh. the short haircuts. I was like, I was feeling it. Yeah. Spring energy. Yeah, you know? spring energy. Yes. I had the door open in the backyard and felt yeah. it. Oh my God. Goodness. I didn't do any sweeping physically, but I did a lot of sweeping emotionally. So welcome Luna. to the studio. Thank you for having me. Yeah. Um, what was the first thing you saw when you opened your eyes this morning? Plain and simple in my bedroom. <laughs> Beautiful. Wow. A good place to wake up. It, it, honestly, <laughs> if that's where you went to bed. It, yes. Oh, it's the place I'd prefer to wake up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Happy yeah. to be yeah. there. You know, I feel that. Anytime I open my eyes and I'm not like 
in my bedroom, whatever my bedroom is, right. um, I get nervous. Not in your intended place. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh, me too. <laughs> I wake up. If I took a trip somewhere or I'm like staying over at someone's house, I open my eyes and I'm like, stop, who is this? Where am Absolutely. I? Absolutely. Who are we? There's a different energy to the room. Yeah. If you're sleeping in a different bed, you know, like to wake up in your own space, I don't know, and to feel centered in self as well, mm-hmm. you know, you're, you're like a seed, you're like a seed within what well, I don't know, like you're a seed, man. Yeah, it's <laughs> a, a seed. seed. Not me. <laughs> a seed. A growing seed. I'm a seed. If you take me out of the dirt and put me Flourish in the sink, I'm towards the sun. It's weird. Rip out your arm towards you know? the like, sun. Like technically, I could still absorb the water <laughs> off of the sink, but you know, it's not where I want to be. It's not where my heart is. It's not where your roots are, man. Yeah, my roots. They yearn for the dirt. Hey. <laughs> oh. There you are. That's oh. a poem, man. Y'all, that is a poem. Yeah. It's going to remind me to write that later. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Um, love it. So uh, I know where you are, but tell the listeners, where in the world is Elsie Ray? <laughs> I'm sitting right next to Max in Brooklyn. Right here. Happy to be here. Happy to be in my city. Very oh my proud goodness. of being a New Yorker. I'm excited to see you with yeah. my eyes. It's been a while since me and Max have seen each other with our eyes. It has been. <laughs> I I was scrolling through archived Instagram or Facebook posts, mm-hmm. I think. I don't remember which one. They're the same mm-hmm. to me right now. Mm-hmm. But I saw, like, the last time when you... No, I saw, like, a, a picture we took when you sent me off to Maine. Ah, uh, yeah. And then I saw the picture we took when I got back i think did we hang out when i got back or like i was in maine i took a trip back here possibly you know? possibly it was definitely at the beginning of that journey in yeah. your life it's always springtime though it's always springtime <laughs> i feel like both of us die a little bit we go into our hibernation mm-hmm, and then mm-hmm. springtime pops up we're both like, what are you i'm a heavy hibernator absolutely <laughs> springtime is when those wow yeah bloom, baby yeah the seeds yes. yearning for the dirt mm-hmm yearning for the dirt and exactly sun, the sun of spring so how did you two meet Max, how did we meet? I remember us meeting at the Grassroots Campaign's same office. Same Perfect. I love that we're on the same page. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I remember you were besties with Hillary, mm-hmm. our besties. Shout out Hillary. Hillary. Shout out to Hillary. And Hillary was a manager, I think for the day, Hillary was a manager for the, the daytime shift for mm-hmm. the Grassroots, and I worked not as a manager because fuck that, but mm-hmm. on the evening. And so we had overlap during the day and Hillary and I were like rubbing elbows and you came in for like one day. Mm-hmm. I don't blame you because that job was awful, but you came in for like one day and the best thing that came out of it was Our friendship. this friendship blooming. <laughs> I couldn't agree more. I remember that day so clearly. Um, so... To provide listeners with a little bit of context, both Hillary and Max were working on grassroots campaigns. The day I came in was specifically to support Planned Parenthood on the ground. And the thing about grassroots is, yes, my close friend Hillary was managing for them uh, or their on-the-ground campaigns at the time, and I needed money. All artists hustle. All artists need money to pay rent, myself included. It's hand-to-mouth out here. So Hillary was managing, and I was telling her about the fact that I was in a tight spot and she was like hey like I'll take you on for the day this is like the base salary this is how much you can make it's for a good cause why don't you come out it was the motherfucking dead of winter 
We were out in like Ooh. South Brooklyn trying to shake down these people for some coin. We were all suffering. Ooh. We were all shivering. It was freezing. Dude, that day was hell. At the end of it, I was like, yo, I'm not coming back. I'm sorry, girl. It's back to the restaurant for me. Yo. That was that. <laughs> down for the cause, but not down like that. It was wild because I only did that job for like, what, like six months, mm-hmm. seven months. It feels like forever. Mm-hmm because it was winter specifically mm-hmm. and everyone left because it was awful. We were outside all the <laughs> oh, time, gosh. all the time. Mm-hmm. They moved me, I was originally on the street campaign, mm-hmm. like standing in crowded areas, mm-hmm. stopping people on the street. Mm-hmm. And then they moved for winter, winter, they moved us to the door to door. So we went out to like the suburbs and it got to the point where the only people in the New York office were me and my manager and that was it like everyone else stopped like we were i don't remember if it was the am team was gone or if they were still there doing stuff but for the pm team it was just me so at night basically when the sun went down it was really cold it was just me oh my goodness it was really rough we really were out there and this was yeah we we did it for planned parenthood we didn't for the alcu back when we were fighting for marriage equality state by state we did it for save the children Save the children. Yeah, the organization, not just random children. <laughs> um, but save them too, you know, just organized. Um, it was really good causes, but really difficult yeah, <laughs> to do at the time. I Yeah, seeing Hillary um, go through it and then you by extension, you know, I don't want to speak for her entirely, but what I will say as her friend who witnessed her in this job... She was real. Many people in that job, their mental health was compromised by this work, and it's for a good cause. It's for an excellent cause, but you know, right. people making minimum ma- wage rather are never treated with sufficient respect. Even if you're making money right. for a good cause, you deserve to be, you deserve to have adequate resources to fuel your work. And everyone there was running on empty. Truly. Oh it goodness! Was, yes. Um, yeah. It was rough, <laughs> especially once it got cold and it was like there were less people in the office. I think during the fall, like before it got too cold, really, it was easier to stay upbeat. It was easier to like pump each other up because mm-hmm. there were so many other people in the office and it was so much camaraderie. I think that's they really focused on that. Oh, yeah. I remember in the beginning it was like camaraderie and like pumping each other up and the team spirit. Um, we always went out with like a group of four or more to like have each other's back and like you were always with a buddy but then in winter it got sparse it got sparse um (laughs) scarce scarce the everyone left we would get i would like go in train a new person take them out lose them within like an hour or two finish the day by myself Uh. which meant i had to make up the money Actually, that wasn't too bad because whatever money they did get, if they got anything, it went towards my bookings because mm. they left. So right, right, right. I would train them and then take their money because they quit. <laughs> it's like a pyramid scheme Aww. for the cause. Um, yeah, Gosh. we raised a lot of money as a required, but <laughs> <laughs> they were like, if you don't make enough money, you can't keep doing this job. So that's just how it is. You can't keep saving the children. Like you're not saving the children. <laughs> They're hungry. Oh my goodness. Hungry. Go find a different job. <laughs> Stop. What? Yeah, that's how we met. <laughs> that's how we met. And so from that juncture, 
somehow one thing led to another at the time you know I, I specifically remember because we were on the ground doing the work it's not as if max and i had uh, abundant time to share our life stories and get to know one another but i do specifically remember the subway ride and small talk max told me that he was acting at the time and i was like well hey i'm playwriting right now uh let me get you in some of my shit so i did yeah mm-hmm. wow yeah. Mm-hmm. we you brought me on for one of us white chapel correct is that the right name? white I chapel yes. perfect mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> one of us the chapel um coming from Maya Korn's art collective at the time, Whitechapel. Uh, it was uh, an event producer out of the UK who came to the States. I was introduced to her by a mutual friend, shout out Garon. And yeah, Maya was putting on this huge event at I believe it was St. Stephen's Church out in South Williamsburg, if I'm not mistaken. It was an incredible event. It was hands down, honestly, one of the best things I've participated in as an artist so far. I was blessed to have the opportunity um, basically to briefly describe this event. Let's see. So she invited a number of artists to activate the space with a creation that would be in direct conversation with the space. We were very fortunate to be assigned the actual chapel of this church. So imagine the altar, the pews, we had the that entire wow. section. It was phenomenal. And so I wrote a piece in conversation with that space. It was a number of monologues. Um, from the perspective of different people who are struggling with their faith. Um, and I took on Max as a co-director. Yeah, it was it was yes. an excellent experience. Max was incredible to work with. And we continued to create throughout our respective um, rat race hells, if you were. And I heard many stories from Max, not just about capitalism, but about rats as well. Max, could you tell us a little bit about that time in your life? Oh my goodness. I'm so triggered. Skittle also (laughs) knows this story because I um, talk about it frequently. (laughs) Life's defining. I'm pretty sure I put it in my tight 10. So... (laughs) (laughs) Oh... Yeah, and then Elsie definitely just remembers... So vividly. Story, so vividly. It's just the quintessential coming to New York artist story. Because I met Max pretty fresh from Virginia, right? Yeah, I yeah. met Max right when he hit these streets. I moved here at 18 from Virginia. There was a bunch of difficulties with uh, my friends. I moved in with people from high school. so But we had plenty of difficulties. And one of the big struggles that we found at 18 slash 19 was that our apartment building was infested with rats Ah! um, large rats and we were on the top floor of the building which means there's no getting rid of them they've they're in the roots of they're in the foundation itself i know (laughs) oh my Um, gosh and i as you might know just sort of um dissociate when i'm uncomfortable so i got used to living with rats and i just i stopped cooking because they were always in the kitchen i moved my food specifically out of the pantry area and like brought it to my room and like put it up on a high shelf like on top of my standing closet rack thing that all 18 year olds all have. artists have yeah. out here oh i put my it up on goodness. top of that eventually though they learned how to climb my clothes to get to the food so i stopped uh. eating my own food at home anyway unless it was like you know i don't know Truly i don't remember place. i blocked out a lot of it but i would i would they were always we've had so many traps put out 
we plugged up so many holes in the baseboard. They just kept coming. They would have battle royale under my bed at night. And I would wake up and find <laughs> Super dead Smash rats. Bros. Yeah, Super <laughs> Smash Bros. I would wake up and find dead rat bodies under my bed. Like the losers ah! of Battle Royale oh. <laughs> were, were left like, for me in the morning. Mutilated? Most horrifying part is that they Ew. would crawl on me at night. <laughs> How did you mentally deal with this, mentally and physically? Did you wake up to rats on your body? Occasionally, I would kind of wake up. I never, like, woke up and saw one, like, sitting there, like, in a comedy (laughs) series. Like, ah! Like, it didn't happen like that. But I would definitely, like, wake up partially in the middle of the night. And I was a very... I've always been a very active sleeper. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't walk anymore, but I do, like, sit up still Mm -hmm. sometimes. And I, like, toss and turn. Mm -hmm. And at that time, I would definitely, like, move and, like, sort of start to wake up and then, like, feel slash see shapes running as I move across the bedspread and across my body. And I would just be like, you're not dealing with this. And I would go back to sleep. (laughs) I would be like, we're not dealing with this. I'd go back to sleep. (laughs) Oh, my God. Um, Yeah, I just sort of blocked it out of my mind. I was just, that's, you know, have you seen um, the new show that just wrapped, I guess, WandaVision? I've heard, I've seen things. Okay. I have not seen the whole Mm -hmm. series anyway, Mm -hmm. so I can't really even give spoilers, Mm -hmm. but spoilers, I guess, if you haven't seen any of it and you're mad about what I'm going to say. I will not be But like, the one thing that I found so interesting with her, I don't know too much about her powers, I guess, but there are, in the trailer, there are many times where she would like look at things and then get confused and then she would be like no and wave her hands and everything would glitch back to like the reality she mm. wanted mm. and i was always like that's my mental illness <laughs> that was me Stop. <laughs> i'm always this just like not i'm happening? like reality right this is not the reality i choose to live exactly. in and i would just like close my eyes there are no more rats oh my god like i <laughs> do not consent to this experience <laughs> so that's I, I do not present this experience. in this reality. <laughs> exactly. Like compartmentalizing yeah, which, exactly. which person you For should sure. be at which <laughs> point in time. That's so funny. Um, yeah, I did the same thing to lead into the next part of this convo. I did the same thing a lot at my jobs at work. Um, <laughs> because I'm so I left. For this reiteration. I left. Um, the grassroots campaign. I took some time off because I got my tax refund and it was spring and I didn't have to work. Um, but then the next job I got was retail for, I can say it, <laughs> was retail for Quicksilver Throw in Times Square. It was not fun. It was... Um, Sounds like the most cush job ever. What are you talking about? Right? Well, I took this job with them specifically because I'm not a good salesperson. And I didn't want to work commission. Oh. I know myself. Oh. I knew myself back then. Not as well, but... We, Is this where you, like, beat up the mannequin or something? I didn't beat up the mannequin. <laughs> I threw the mannequin <laughs> in the general direction <laughs> of a shopper. <laughs> there was no contact. She started screaming for no reason. What is the backstory to this incident? To this workplace incident? It was just that this woman was like, we have to fold all of the stacks of t-shirts or sweaters or whatever it was. And she was, I was like, 
let me know if you need help. And she was like looking for a size. She was making a mess. She had been like tossing things haphazardly. And I kept coming up behind her being like trying to talk, trying to figure out what she needs while fixing her mess and being like, hey, don't do this. Tell me what you need so I can get it in a calm <laughs> manner. I was very calm. Oh boy. And the she was like, I want that. She points to the mannequin. I'm like, oh, let me see. We didn't have it anymore. And we're not allowed to undress the mannequins to sell stuff. Like, I don't know why, even all these years later, I don't know Plastic why. Plastic nudity is offensive. I don't know why I couldn't just give her <laughs> that sweater, but I was not allowed to. And they, she was like, that's the one I want. And I was like, you can't have it. Um, and she did not like that answer. And she like tried to take it off the mannequin oh and I like gosh. took it away. I was like, you don't get this anymore. And I started to take it to the back <laughs> and she started yelling. Oh my and, god! Um, and something, saying something like, "I want you fired" or whatever, and I was like, "Fine, oh take my it." And gosh. I threw the mannequin towards her. Not even threw it because I, it's bigger than me. It's like a six foot tall humanoid, and I'm small, so I just sort of like pushed it lightly <laughs> in her direction. She freaked out, thought that I was throwing it at her. Oh my gosh! Viciously. No, I was not fired. The manager just sort of sent me, he was like, take a time out and sent me downstairs to like breathe or something. There's a lot of gaslighting that went on in that company where they were just like, you're oh. crazy, but you're not fired. <laughs> what? Fast forwarding to the point where you stopped showing up for work and they kept calling you to come in. Yeah, I ghosted. I feel like this interview has gotten turned around. But I, just, I love these stories so much. I, it's worth noting that I admire Max for so many reasons. One of the things I love about Max is just the fact that he gives no fucks. I mean, no I, give, <laughs> I give fucks when um, I give Max fucks, secretly, I <laughs> secretly gives fucks. Secretly. He like, when he I like, care, he I like, fucks. He's like, I don't give a fuck, but then inside, deep down, in the little tiny Somewhere. little light, deep down, like I would never have. There's a it. tiny little rainbow. <laughs> it's a tiny one. Fuck. Okay. <laughs> like I would never pull any of that kind of stuff at like the Whitechapel. Right, in a meaningful job, environment. At but, like, like any of my artistic jobs, at any of the circus stuff that I would go on to do later. I right, would never right. do any of that kind of, of stuff on set. I never did any of that stuff on set. I was working on set at the same time mm -hmm. as all of these survival jobs. Mm -hmm. But the thing about these survival jobs is that I went into it and was like, treat me as an employee, but as a human being with his own life, with his own um, needs and his own personality and his own flaws. And right. that's not reason. That didn't happen. <laughs> that, did it, yeah. that didn't happen. I was like, my skills are like performative and like drawing a crowd. So I would like, at Quicksilver specifically, I would like, you know, juggle shoes or like do like <laughs> or something or like balance boxes and stuff on my head. Like, and I would draw a crowd. People would come in and then I would pass them off to my sales rep coworkers who were better at selling, making sales. Huh. Um, and the management team was like, stop doing that. That's not okay. That's not why you're here. They, they shut it down. So they were crazy. like, stop what? throwing things. I wasn't the best juggler. I did drop some, but you know, you make it funny. Um, or I did. We're clowns. Uh, yeah. And then they were like, they, in the last, one of the last straws <laughs> was that they were like, they were like introducing a new contest thing where they were like, the top sales people get bonuses, the bottom sales people for the month get like an eval. 
Oh, like a low key threat. Yeah, it was like a low key threat, and I was he knew it immediately. I was like, I know what manipulation smells like, mm-hmm. and once smells I blow my nose, I'll tell like you that it's her right now. Mm-hmm. But I was like, like it's smeller. I was like, that's me. I you don't need to wait for the numbers to come in. I'm the worst salesperson on the floor. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> like hello. <laughs> <laughs> it's me um and they were like no well you just got to work harder and i was like there's no visual oh, to this podcast yeah, no, I wish but I- see Max right now. <laughs> it was not it was not good i was like all right my time is limited even more than before and then i ghosted them and that's that and like any toxic relationship they just wanted you back the minute you yeah. stood up for yourself they just wanted you back they kept calling me they put me on the schedule after a month after i ghosted them they called to tell me that i was on the schedule again um, yeah, bye. <laughs> I'd like to know, Max, and I can build on this as well, and Skittle, please chime in um, additionally. How do y'all cope with these, you know, mindless gigs that we need to survive, as you said, as artists? These things that we pick up in New York City or Skittle, I understand that you're in New Jersey in this case. Like, we've all had to struggle, and we, we still struggle, quite frankly, so... What have y'all done to take care of and, like, protect your mental health when it comes to shit like that? Like, I knew you during that time, Max, and you were, like, you were spread really fucking thin, and I know what that feels like. Um, Skittle, do you want to take that one? (laughs) Please. Uh, uh, Well, it's, that one's, like, if you could just, like, open up a black hole and shoot me through... That's kind of, like, where I've been at. Mm-hmm. I've been in a black hole of the universe. It was really... I defined myself as a movement artist. I defined myself as a circus artist. Mm-hmm. I defined myself as, like, an artist who wanted to prosper and teach mm-hmm. and inspire the next generation. And I was in Montreal. I was at Cirque du Soleil, blah, 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 blah. And pandemic. Mm-hmm. So... I completely lost who I was. I couldn't even figure out what my favorite movies were. I couldn't even figure out what I liked to do. Um, But what kept me going throughout the whole pandemic was music Mm -hmm. and playing guitar and learning music and being with my family. And I was living in Washington and I flew all the way over back to New Jersey to stay close to my family. So family really kept me grounded in this time of instability. Well put. Those are really important support networks. And when someone such as yourself has them, they're really critical to draw from for strength and support. Max, what about you? Um... I, when I was younger, it was definitely a lot of just my dissociative coping mechanisms, as you remember seeing, I'm sure. <laughs> Where I would just sort of be like, I would get off work, I'd go see uh, you or Cal or, or... Shout out Cal. Shout out Cal. Um, or one of anyone from the crew, really. Um, and I would just sort of like forget the rest of it. Like, we'd meet at much more as people would be like, where do you work? And I'd be like, I don't know. <laughs> they're like can you afford these drinks and i'm like of course <laughs> but yeah and then as i got older it was a lot of <laughs> making jokes <laughs> making it into comedy turning mm-hmm. it into art mm-hmm. i always feel as i got older i learned to trust myself more as um 
I guess, a hustler, I guess. Not, mm-hmm. um, I don't know if that's even the right word to use, but just like, I, there was like a moment where right before I left New York, actually, where I, I was like stopping and I was thinking, I was like, I always have enough to live. I always have what I need. I don't have excess, but I never really wanted excess. Mm, I've never that. really, I'm not the kind right. of person to like yearn for more money or more stuff or more right, material right. possessions or goods. Yeah. And so it was at that moment that I was like, I really need to get used to trusting myself mm-hmm. and the fact that I'll be able to survive mm-hmm. and thrive and come alive and <laughs> I'll be able to have what I need I'll be able to do what I need to do yes. even if I don't have like a large nest egg or something mm-hmm. I trust myself enough it was more of like looking inward and seeing that I have this inner strength to survive to you know go on tour without any plan for afterwards I have this inner strength to uproot everything that I own and move to a new state within a week I have the strength to like come back to New York not have a job not have a place to live and figure out both in a matter of two weeks like and that comes from my inner strength and that comes from the connections I've made in the artistic community that like I didn't just do those things all on my own Mm -hmm. every scenario is like a connection I made in the artistic world A, uh, a friend that I had who had a room or who had like an apartment or who had a job opportunity or who like got me into like a, a database somewhere and network mm-hmm. for me to work freelance things. Like freelance is where I'm able to keep my mental health in check. So mm. I just moved away from survival jobs <laughs> almost completely and just did freelance, artistic, um, behind the scenes stuff, uh, being a human prop on TV. Like <laughs> that's how I've grown from no more dissociating, just trusting hey. myself. <laughs> Thank you, thank you. Round of applause <laughs> for my inner fortitude. Hey, thank for you real so though. much. And through it all, the jokes, obviously. Hey, it's like, if you're light, not laughing, you know? you're crying. For real. <laughs> and, uh, you know, all of that is word to the wise, you know, because creative survival and maintaining one's creative integrity is huge. And I really appreciate what you said about your pivot from this, like, dissociative, strictly survival mindset to one of, like, creative resilience um and fulfillment through freelancing right um because me myself i um i have also worked a number of shit jobs that have completely detached me from a space where i can create and feel fulfilled because the rat race will like run you into the ground you know it'll drain you dry and we've all felt that and developing these healthy coping mechanisms are important and like transcending those coping mechanisms into a space where we can create meaningful work that works for us is key but that takes time that takes experience that takes maturity and i think for many of us creatives who haven't been able to explore that prior to the pandemic i think that for a lot of us myself included the pandemic has been a time of reckoning with what we're capable of and what our relationship to capitalism is uh so with that said I can read another poem for y'all and it reflects on this experience. It reflects on being someone who is struggling to get by, you know, and honestly dealing with the ramifications that has on one's mental health, especially as an artist. You know, so many of us, especially in this city, are working jobs we hate, but we need to pay rent, right? And prior to the pandemic, I, like so many others, was definitely in that space. And so I wrote from that place. So this is a poem called Wither. 
Fast forward, an effort to outrun the familiar creeping feeling that grows like weeds in the pit of my being, through the mouth slowly asphyxiating, choking on daily living, this thing we keep doing. I see my feet and I see the branches. I see my mother's face. I feel the weight of responsibility, moral obligation, a debt owed in theory. Stay put as the drugs wear off, I'm back where I left myself. This tension ongoing, static, unrelenting, the discomfort spirals taut like ivy around an unwilling fence. It persists. I was told lithium might reset my head, but nothing can fix the faulty wiring or this languishing ambition to thrive leaves me shut inside a room with its lights turned off. I know where the wall is and I stare for lack of desire to achieve anything else worthwhile. I'm exhausted by breathing, by my failure to accomplish any feeling other than this constant buzz in the back of my head that no one I know understands. The phone rings off its hook. Every day is the same shade of gray. I'm paid to eat solutions and sit quietly, funnel my time into someone else's bottom line, go home, go to bed, do the same thing again. I become the blur to which I comply. I wake and am raped by the sheer fact of my clock in and clock out of a system that replaces my energy with money to pay the landlord and so on. I am what I give, and I have given up hope. I cling to the trellis and burn in the sun. Oh. 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 No snaps necessary. No snaps snaps. necessary. All the snaps. Oh, God. Flashbacks to grad school. The knee snaps. (laughs) Post traumatic. (laughs) That was Um, truly, truly beautiful. Thank you. And, you know. On the one hand, what I'd like to say is that I'm very grateful I'm no longer in the headspace from where that poem was written. However, it was something I want to add that we didn't touch on, but very much ties into what we were discussing prior to the poem is when it comes to our mental health and surviving this rat race, some a luxury that so many artists can't afford is health insurance, you know, and that's oh, real yeah. shit. That's real shit. And something I realized in reading that poem and something I neglected to touch on until that poem reminded me is motherfucking medication, dude. Like, that was such a hard time in my life, and I didn't have access to the resources I needed to be healthy, to feel sane, and to, quite frankly, survive wanting to kill myself. Like, I'm grateful to be where I am now, but, like, let's be real, y'all. Like, I have fucking Medicaid because of this pandemic. You know what I mean? Like, I'm living off of that stimmy trying to figure out my creative life because it's pandemic. And all respect, listen, man, I'm the only person in my family that hasn't gotten coronavirus. So this is no disrespect, you know, on anyone who's suffered acutely from this global, you know, emergency. But for those who have survived, for those who have been um, blessed to have space and time to figure out their shit in the midst of this shutdown... You know, it's been so important to, as you were saying before, to kind of return to self, to center oneself and rely on oneself. But we all need support. And we live in this hyper-capitalistic society that wants to remove us from those resources. You know, and artists especially suffer because of that. And no one should have to suffer like that. You know, like depression is real. Suicidality is real. And how are we to know how to feel better if we don't have the adequate 
supports. Like you all said, like we have our creative community, we have friends, some of us also have family to rely on. But at the end of the day, you're the one sleeping in your bed, waking up in that room, right? And if your head ain't straight because you don't have what you need to feel better, to move forward, that's a problem. And that's a problem that you are oppressed by because you don't have access to the resources you need. So anyway, with that being said, you know, that's that poem is a meditation on where I was at before I could get the help that I personally needed. It's been said that nobody's perfect and everyone has their own shit and mental health needs to be treated like any other chronic illness. You know, like I have a family member with Crohn's disease, like that's a very real thing that they deserve all the best treatment for. But me, in my case, I have a bipolar disorder and I also deserve the health care for a chronic illness that anyone else would deserve and it's something that shouldn't be discriminated against, it's something that we all need support and resources for and so many creative people struggle with these illnesses that make our art so beautiful. It's a different perspective, you know, but we shouldn't suffer for that perspective. So I think that's an important point to drive home and for anyone listening creative or not you know just to also know you're not alone and i had to do a lot of research to get connected to the resources i could afford but in doing that research i am very grateful that i didn't feel alone and i was supported by my friends and i was supported by people on the other line that cared and speaking of plugs something i want to plug is nyc well i would highly recommend looking into that for anyone in need that's nyc w-e-l-l that shit saved my life. So there are definitely resources out there for you. You just have to do your research, do your homework. Speaking of... I can do this. Speaking of... Reaching out... Mm-hmm. Let's reach our arms to the West Coast. Which... <laughs> <laughs> nope! Oh, oh that's terrible. <laughs> Speaking uh, of a reach, that was a reach oh, um, to this wow. next point of the conversation. Um, Excuse me, <laughs> ma'am. This is a Wendy's. Yeah, ma'am. <laughs> um, were you on the West Coast at all? <laughs> oh. Wow, that was your transition. Listen, really, really. I said that was a reach. <laughs> It is a far-fetched reach. Oh my god. We need to get you back into some improv class. <laughs> bro. Oh no. Yo, girl, calling you out. Calling you out on the air. Oh my god, it hurts. Ah, it burns. Oh. Um, speaking of things that hurt, yeah, I was in graduate school for poetry. I got my Master of Fine Arts from California College of the Arts. And yeah. Um, it was a, it was the best of times. It was the worst of times, as it's mm. been said. Um, the Bay is beautiful. I have nothing but love for the Bay, and I have nothing but love for the beautiful people I met there, some of whom are my best friends to this day. Mm. Um, shout out Kevin and Brett, my homies for real and forever. Love you. Um, yeah, it was something that happened. It was a waste of money. Oh, damn. <laughs> yeah. I am like six figures deep in debt. That shit's ridiculous. Word. Mm. I don't recommend anyone get an mfa in poetry it's pointless but i had i literally dude same you feel me i like just recently also was like i was in a master's program Mm. and then i stopped yeah (laughs) i was like no no good for you no 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 no, no, no. for real you look at that bill and you're like wait what i'm like i need no debt for what i want to do i need no debt (laughs) 
<laughs> yeah, absolutely. Universal hmm. healthcare and universal education. Um, For real. Well, with that being said, I got that damn degree and I moved on back. But, yeah. um, you know, tying in that time in the Bay with the conversations we've been having, the Bay offered me some incredible experiences, both academic, intellectual, spiritual. It was a time of intense growth and it came with growing pains. And uh, to continue tying into our ongoing conversation about mental health you know being in such a rigorous and competitive program it definitely took its toll on me and also the bay much like new york city is such a scarily gentrifying place there are so many socioeconomic pressures on anyone around below the poverty line or even like fucking blue collar working class people like it's tough dude the stress is real the financial pressures are, you know, significant, to say the least. So not only was I struggling with my shit, not only were my colleagues struggling with theirs, you would, you could walk around sometimes and feel the heaviness, despite being such a gorgeous place that I love to visit, and I'm so glad I lived in. The hustle out there is just as real as it is here. You know, it's a struggle to survive for everyone with people living on top of one another. I mean, you see neighborhoods change overnight there like you do here. You know, um, so with that being said, you know, speaking to another poem I've written, which I'll read next, you know, just kind of observing those pressures, intrinsic and extrinsic feeling what I went through, you know, it was a heavy time. Something I want to mention, it may not directly relate to the poem I'm going to read, but something that deserves recognition is I lived in the Bay um, when the ghost ship fire happened. And yeah, I I see Max's face registering that Uh, for those familiar and unfamiliar the ghost ship was an artist warehouse uh, in the Fruitvale section of Oakland. And when I was living in the Bay, the ghost ship caught fire and almost everyone inside died. I believe it was a crazy number, like 35 people. It was during an event they had. And yeah, it was a huge tragedy and it really shook the creative community. So yeah, it was just, it was a, it was a heavy time. And again, it just speaks to the struggle of, you know, creative life you know there were a lot of conversations after the ghost ship fire about what artists will do and what conditions they will subject themselves to to survive the ghost ship i mean for what it's worth it looked like a really beautiful place but it was clearly unsafe these were artists living in unsafe conditions just to have affordable rent and to make their art you know work you know living and working spaces are critical to an artist and the fact that you know in many cities and my experience included in this city you know, I have to rent my, uh, you know, exorbitantly expensive apartment that is, you know, (laughs) shit, quite frankly. Um, And then I have to rent a practice space as a musician, you know, and it's just those bills pile the fuck up. So with that being said, um, and the pressure is financial and otherwise the artists face, you know, it was just not only were we all struggling to pay our rents and afford this like crazy expensive grad school, there were people literally dying all around us just trying to live. So Mm. respect to artists. I think this whole conversation is just like mad respect for artists. Being artists, having this conversation right now, having artists like listening into your podcast, like the struggle is real. And like, I see you in this room and like, and we see each other like in this city and beyond. And sometimes our, how do I put it? Our lifestyle comes at a price, you know, with regard to our financial survival and our mental health. So with that being said, the next short poem I'll read is just kind of about being on public transit, as we all are, because none of us can afford motherfucking cars around here, uh, and out there as well, as well <laughs> on the bot train, which is the the metro over there, and 
just kind of looking around and my thoughts kind of wondering what other people were thinking and just again feeling that that omnipresent heaviness you know um thinking about what someone else is thinking and realizing that there is a collective subconscious and we're all on the same brainwave for better and sometimes for worse so with that being said this is a poem titled shatterproof wanting to fall through but no one knew that his face pressed against the plexiglass drawing up dozens of fantasies about the end that would await him should a door open but there are safety locks and procedures in place so that despairing passengers don't hold up traffic during rush hour he peered down onto concrete the freeway those strange structures that look like metal horses drinking from the bay at jack london square he wished it would be over or that he could hide in horse flesh anything but confined to self and this day his breath moistened the window a fog over san francisco life man yeah. life and death dude circle of life q lion king i do <laughs> i do yes. also want to take a moment to say i really love your performative voice like the way yeah your your poem voice it really yeah. draws the listener in i appreciate really well. that i feel like as artists we're always at odds with how we perform and as it's been said <laughs> yeah first critics so like i think i i'm at odds with that voice like for some reason it comes naturally to me when i read my work perhaps because not that i necessarily think about this but in conversation now perhaps it's like a vibe check or like kind of a compression mm. of this airspace like you know shifting the energy of the atmosphere to provide an appropriate vacuum and for and focus on the work however i will add that in grad school it was very much impressed upon us to not use this voice so yeah it's like because i can understand why like it might seem i don't know if the word is necessarily insincere and or hyper performative or um just contrived right mm. um artifice but you know at the same time no one can tell you how to live work and make your art no one can tell you how to perform your art so if anyone listening is in school or has anyone telling them how the fuck to make their art just say fuck you <laughs> <laughs> fuck them so that's just how i read my work so fuck them <laughs> I feel like it's different personalities, yeah. too. You know what I mean? Like, I'm reading from the past tense, number one. And I, I don't know about y'all, but for me, like, my art is very compartmentalized in my head. You know, there's me and there's the me in the work. And when I give that person a voice, you could call it, you know, fucking multiple personalities. I mean, I don't necessarily see it as that, but I do see it as a different side of me, a different voice within me that speaks to that work, that honors that work and that lives to serve that work, but that's not me at the fucking grocery store. You know what I mean? So it's a different yeah. voice. Yeah, yeah, this whole podcast has been <laughs> a masterclass in like listening to ourselves and being like, <laughs> is that how we talk? Mm -hmm. Should we adjust that? Mm -hmm. It's fine. And mm -hmm. then like trying out different things, like trying different voices and trying different emphases and mm -hmm. ways of reading our own art as well. Right, like different presentations and projections of self. The self is multiple. I think that's one of the biggest things I've learned through my self work in the pandemic. You know, we are multiple and that's something to own and have authority over and not be ashamed of. I think for me, I've really struggled with 
whether or not it's beneficial to be pigeonholed as an artist. Am I just a musician? Am I just a writer? Um, am I just X, Y, or Z? And, like, for me, that's very uncomfortable. Like, I will mm. never be just one thing. And if that means I'm, like, what do they say? Uh, a jack of all trades and master of none? So be it. Like, it's simply <laughs> who I am. And it's important to embrace that rather than force myself, you know, headlong into just one thing when I'm sacrificing other things I care about, you know? Speaking of what other stuff have you been doing since the pandemic i guess because recent is the pandemic it's been oh a year God. happy anniversary happy everyone. anniversary happy birthday miss happy rona. anniversary miss rona in the u.s um mm. in new york it's been a year um well it was the seven it was the 16th or 17th yeah no it was the yeah, 17th here, but like it globally, globally it's been longer it's been a minute we yeah, globally, it Germany, definitely. Hey, Germany! <gasps> Germany! Mexico, Yay! Ireland a little while ago. So. <laughs> I don't know who they are specifically. Hola but todos. Shout guess. out to them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what else? What have you been working on? Um, Music. Mm. So the poems I've been reading today, I really appreciate Max and Skittle welcoming me to the podcast because Ooh. these poems would not typically see the light of day in this fashion. They were written for an album that I've been working on, and this album has been a brainchild that's approximately like two and a half years old at this point. It's my toddler. And um, yeah, I, I really appreciate the opportunity to read some of these poems here because not only are they set to music, uh, the project I'm working on works within speaking to the voice, multiple voices. So not just, for instance, the voice you hear me speaking in now or the voice that I read my poems in. I'm working with a lot of different vocal modulators and pitch, pitch shifts, rather. That's a tongue twister. Um, to really explore different identities, uh, different genders, for instance. Different presentations of self, different presentations of personality, different projections of identity. To explore and inhabit different minds. Kind of like the poem I just read, for instance, observing another person's thoughts attempting to enter their head you know it's this exploration of the collective subconscious and all the personalities that it is a vacuum for and so this is my only opportunity at least thus to read these poems in my voice you know or at least the voice that they come out in and so with that being said yeah i've been working on music is the short (laughs) version of my answer um what else have i been doing i something i will be doing is um i am in the process of learning hypnotherapy (laughs) i enrolled in the divine feminine school of hypnotherapy and yeah feminine energy power hell yeah the divine feminine and our beautiful deep intuition um yeah shout out shauna cummins you can look her up on instagram as the wishcraft that's the w-i-s-h as in wish to make a wish craft (laughs) c-r-a-f-t the wishcraft shauna cummins is an incredible human being an amazing artist and a divine feminine spirit and yeah she teaches the art of hypnotherapy from a decolonial perspective and i look forward to learning from her in her school which starts soon uh highly recommend anyone interested to check her work out she actually has a new book called wishcraft out i think it like shot to number one on amazon if i'm not mistaken so you can keep her work mega shout out to her but yeah so i am learning (laughs) hypnotherapy baby and um yeah i hope to combine that study uh with reiki i currently have my reiki one aspiring reiki master eventually reiki Mm. mistress as it were Uh 
And um, yeah, just working in healing arts is very important to me mm-hmm. and also plugs into this greater conversation around mental health, the well-being of our metaphysical and subtle selves. You know, we need to nourish ourselves to draw on a word that Skittles used um, in between recordings here. We really need to nourish ourselves in order to provide a sound foundation for mm-hmm. our creative practice. So I'm interested in healing arts to put it simply, while continuing to explore my own art. So those are things that I've been working towards. Yes, I love that. That literally aligns with everything that I want to do too. Hell yeah, baby. Wow, so powerful and so cool. Yeah. Hypnotherapy, that's so good. That's gonna drop so many memories of rats from my mind. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my goodness. (laughs) This is my first client. Perfect. I'll heal you, love. Love it. Sorry. <laughs> Traumatic flashbacks. Max is having a moment. It starts as a yeah, joke Max, it ends as a tear. Max is actually comedy, having an existential crisis as we oh are my interviewing. Okay. Meltdown. Meltdowns. Oh my gosh, I forgot where I was. <laughs> Okay, would you be there if they took this city away? 
So, to kind of wrap up this whole interview, what an interview, first of all. <laughs> it's so raw and just so, like, this is what we need in the world. We need raw, genuine people. Yeah. Hell yeah, dude. And that's like our respective communities and networks and shout out to all of them. You you know, we wouldn't be here without our communities. And we've really touched on support networks in this conversation. Mm -hmm. And this is one right here. You know, you, Woo! Skittle, Max, you know, myself, for y'all, like, we're here, you know, out of the sheer love and power of creative energy and holding each other up and holding space for one another when we need it the most. Like, I really, personally, I really do believe in energy and I'm always, like, awed by life's timing. And Max and I met in literally the most random fucking way. Here we are years later. I feel like I've seen you grow. Maybe you've seen me grow and like yes <laughs> i can answer that question now yes i have <laughs> we out here you know and we, we all grow shit. we all grow right we, we yearn for the dirt we reach for the sky hey i love that you <laughs> know you so and we hold each other we hold each other dude in love and in accountability we wouldn't be here without one another and i think these conversations are had in you know the kindest of company because we could gather and you know open our minds and hearts as it were and get real you know, get in the sure. weeds, get in the dirt. For like sure. these conversations are necessary. Definitely. And to wrap up this beautiful, necessary conversation, mm. we do have three questions that we try to ask every single guest that comes on the show. Hit me. Number one is I know you mentioned your I forgot her name already, the Wishcraft. Shauna Cummins. Shauna Cummins mm -hmm. and her book. The question is, <laughs> what book are you reading currently or have last read? Mm -hmm. Is that that's one of them. One of them? Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. I'm reading a few books at this time. Wishcraft, shout out, is a beautiful uh, work of art, quite frankly, and it's very accessible. It's not too long. It's easy to read. You can go at your own pace. Shauna also recommends just kind of opening the book, seeing what page calls to you. Recommended. There's two other books I'm reading. I'm reading, and of course I'm blanking right now, uh, Braiding Sweetgrass. Braiding Sweetgrass by Robin Wall Kimmerer. Um, it is a gorgeous and moving meditation on indigenous relationship to the earth and plants. So it is a contemplation of herbalism, of botany, and it is written by a, a highly accomplished indigenous woman. And it's been a wonderful read so far. It was recommended to me by my friend Jill, who was actually name dropped in my last poem. Um, bless her. Mega shout out, Jill. Love her. But yeah, so braiding sweetgrass is just incredible. It's it's super needed right now. And I think we are all at a time of reckoning when it comes to reconsidering our relationship to the earth and environmental justice. Um, so great book, I'm in the middle of that. And then finally, I'm reading the screenplay for Roma, which was a film by Alfonso Cuaron. And um, that's fucking great, man. Like, it's just, it's, I'm reading it in preparation for seeing the film. I understand that the film was highly successful. Alfonso Cuaron is an incredible director who wrote this piece, and it's been a ride. It's really great, and it's also another, as I see it so far, just reflection on, how do I put this, like, colonial structures as they, let's see, how to best put this, the, the relationship that indigeneity has with the colonial world the colonized world that we live in um i would love to find a way to put that better but i'm standing on that <laughs> right now so those are the three books i'm reading our next wrap-up <laughs> question that we like to ask everyone uh -huh. is 
if you are a suitcase or any other type of luggage, like anything, it could be a pocketbook, it could be a backpack, a it could be a little like stick with a little tied up piece of like paper bundle, or whatever, bundle, yeah, a yeah. bundle. <laughs> <laughs> what would you be filled with? Huh? What would I throw in my backpack? If you were the backpack. So what's in my body, essentially? I would have the entirety of my CD collection from my adolescence. Oh my god. Uh-huh. <laughs> <Woo>! <laughs> yes. There must be, like, uh, dude, like, over 100 CDs at my parents' crib. Like, I was an avid CD collector. And oh my god, me like, too. Yeah, hell yeah, Skittle. We would oh my god. spend our time going to the local CD store. We, me, I, you know, I'm very blessed with three brothers, and we would always just be swapping music with one another, and I have definitive That's memories funny. of standing in an FYA. Do you remember how they had little stations where you could, like, listen yes. to a CD? Yes, yes, my yes, yes. would be like, you'd be into this band. I'd be like, you'd be into this band. You know, like, that's... Oh, my gosh, yes. cherished childhood memories. What a defining Same. moment for the rest of your life as that well. Gen Z will never <laughs> understand. Gen Z will never. Exactly. Like, yeah. they, they closed the one that was by me, actually. Rest they closed the one over here in Jersey. Mm-hmm. Yeah, R.I.P. Paramus Park. Rest in peace. Yeah, dude, those, all those CDs are going in my backpack. Period. Um, our last question is um, a sort of past the spotlight moment okay. for you. I know we've given a lot of shout outs to mm-hmm. a lot of different people. Repping. Yes, podcast. So mm-hmm. all listeners should definitely <laughs> listen again through this whole podcast. <laughs> Write down every reference to another artist that we've given mm-hmm. and then go check all of them out. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But for this moment specifically, is there one artist who you would le- recommend that listeners go check out right now for their art and where we can find them? Hmm. Yeah. I'd like to shout out, okay, so (laughs) this is kind of a a funny story that I'll try to keep short. Years ago, I was at a bar in Lefferts Gardens where I used to live. I guess it was more on the Crown Heights side, but nevertheless, it was like called Franklin E26 or some shit like that. And anyways, they had great margaritas. Mm -hmm. I was teaching at the time and me and all of my hyper stressed out, very depressed teaching friends, (laughs) we would hit up this spot and just get our ass is fucking smashed on these margaritas anyways i ended up befriending the bartender and of course as it were you know energy law of attraction like attracts like she was this super rad artist she's on instagram as c dot d-o-v-a c dova she's super cool and i haven't talked to her in a minute but i'd love to shout her out right now just because you know c dot dova c dot d-o-v-a on instagram and she just weaves like poetry with song she has this like r&b hip-hop type vibe she's i really respect her work you know she's out there hustling and she keeps it going and she's very open and honest with her work she's always making and creating and she has my respect so that's who i will shout out so with that being said do you have any final poems that you would like to share here in the Max and Skittle Power Hour with us? Why, thank you for asking. Yes, I will read one more poem and Woo! a preface before this last poem. You know, everything we've been discussing has been fairly heavy, and this poem will round that out. Some final notes on mental health and the circle of life that we've been discussing at length in this podcast. This last poem... It is about a number of things, but mainly it is about a woman that I knew named Jackie. And Jackie passed away from an overdose a few years ago, uh, shortly before this poem was written in honor of her and in honor of her son. 
someone who is very dear to me. And the reason why I want to share this poem in closing is because it ends with what I would like to think is a redemption of this cycle that we've been discussing. You know, this person, the subject of the poem, did not have an easy life, and it did not end in an easy way. But when we reflect upon the legacies of those who have come and passed before us, I think it's really on us to draw inspiration from their lives and from their struggle and use that to empower us because I think that's what they would want for us and that's how they would want to be remembered. So with that being said, much love to everyone who has listened. Thank you for joining us and I hope that everyone out there is taking care of their mental health because that's all we can do to honor those who have struggled before us. Thank you Max and Skittle for having me. This is called Separation Anxiety. I made the mistake of getting a medium on speakerphone three months after your mother's consciousness left her body still. Steve from Georgia, as Jill calls the man on the other end, lit a white candle somewhere near Santa Rosa. He asked me to say my name three times and I obliged. Somehow thought I was doing you this grand favor, some big gesture to burn through the veil and establish contact on your behalf. Why I've always felt so inclined to do this work, to mend these tears in a fucked up continuum of debt and emotional labor, I'm unsure. I just do what my gut tells me. In this case, my gut got me on the phone with a psychic in a separate time zone who told me that Jackie was standing at the divide between death and life, pushing against the eternal to reassure you of an interminable adoration for her boy. That outlasts expiration. That transcends corporeal limitation. The fact remains that she could not take care of you or herself enough to stay behind and do the work of a flesh failure doesn't extinguish love or expunge longing. Considering these themes of duality and fragmentation, I sat there dumbstruck and shaken, in near disbelief of having received a message through the grave that put me in my place as a conduit. In a way between worlds, I realized that it wasn't me you wanted. You wanted to be a son. Some people are unlucky, and it seems that some people don't get what they want. I'm sorry. There is no means of becoming the sun until you are finally one with oblivion, trespass its orbit. What if you could, but Jackie doesn't want you to visit? Stop flying so damn close to the glow, to the screen between us dolls and melted plastic. I can't keep you from dissolving, but merging would be suicide. Merging would be suicide. Merging would be suicide. Merging would be suicide. A message from your mother. Take your time. Close your eyes. Breathe. Think again. Remember that you're loved and don't forget that it doesn't have to be over. You don't have to hurt. You don't have to merge. We can all break free from each other and still be all right. Release and let it ride. Learn this before you die. Wow. Oh my God. What a honor and a privilege it was to have Luna on our show, reading her just raw and authentic and beautiful poetry that just came from the heart 
And I know we talked about in our interview um, how, like, behind the scenes we were, like, talking about a little bit of stuff here and there. <laughs> um, we were talking about how mental health is a very undernourished thing in our, in our world. And it's so important for us as artists to take care of our mental health. Resting is a part of training. Mm-hmm. And we have to keep telling ourselves that. Truly. Yeah, this was a very raw, I feel like, episode. A very yeah. like, honest conversation. Not that it was like all heavy, but, 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 but. We definitely had light moments in there, but it, overall it was just a very much needed topic of conversation, yeah. I feel like. And I, very it deep. Was, yeah, very deep. It was so special to have, on my end, un- unfortunately, Skittle and I could not be together for this interview, but it was really special to have our guest here across the room from me (laughs) being able to just read her art here in the space yeah that live performance (laughs) aspect that we're all craving i guess amazing just absolutely amazing and her words really really touched me like her poetry really brought tears to my eyes and really hit me in a way that i felt where i felt her Mm. i felt the, I felt the emotion and I felt the words and how she was saying it and how she was reading it. It came from the heart. It really did. Yeah, I could feel it. I felt it in my heart. I felt it hitting your heart. I felt her heart hitting us. It was so good. Oh, a circle uh, of the love. circle of life, of love, of live, laugh, love. And to circle back oh. to the... <laughs> hang on, hang on. I mean, circles don't... <laughs> Circles don't really have an end. (laughs) Do you have any final words, Skittle, (laughs) that you want to give? Well, I would like to just remind us all that we do have our Patreon. Please support our Patreon. It's patreon.com slash max and Skittle. That's M-A-K-S-N-S-K-T-L, Max and Skittle. Mm. And with that, you get to hear our full B-Side, Beside Ourselves episode, where we talk about in-depth conversations uh, behind the scenes about our podcast, and uh, you get a little feel about more, even more (laughs) content than what you're hearing now. Yes, to remind everyone, the B-Side is our parallel podcast series that goes out on Wednesdays. Perpendicularly parallel? Perpendicular parallel, (laughs) one of those. (laughs) It's been a while. A rumbus? It's running alongside the track of this main series. Uh, But not all of the B-side episodes are publicly posted. About half of them, I would say, a good portion of them, are patrons only. So if you are a subscriber... You don't have to worry about which episodes are public and which are for patrons. You'll get all of them. 100%. 100% content. Just so much <laughs> art and so much convos. It's a great time. Man, it's <laughs> just art. And when, we, <laughs> and when we take a hiatus from this main series, because our season one is almost over now. Oh my god. I know. Wipe those tears away, ah, collect them in I a can't. jar, drink them to nourish They're yourself. 
but also nourish yourself uh, with the B-side, which will continue to go out regularly, if not semi-regularly, during our hiatus while we get season two in order. Um, and I guess all that's left to say is that I love you. The Max and Skittle Power Hour was created and produced by Max Turner and Skittle Cheshire. Today's episode featured guest artist L.C. Ray. The song Taboo was written and performed by Skittle Cheshire. Additional show music by Kel Gabe. You can find all episodes of the Max and Skittle Power Hour on our Podbean site at maxandskittlepowerhour.podbean.com. You can also support the show directly by subscribing to our Patreon page at patreon.com slash maxandskittle. That's M-A-K-S-N-S-K-T-L. You'll enjoy multiple benefits, such as access to our Discord server, behind-the-scenes content, early access to episodes, and more, depending on your Patreon tier. Please subscribe to our show on Spotify and Apple Podcasts, and be sure to like this episode. That's all for tonight, folks. Thanks for listening, and tune in next week.